doing the work of God today? Yeah. Well, today is February 5th, 2012. And the title of the message that the Lord gave me today is, What is my part? You know, have you ever asked God that question? We think we're doing good, but we look around us and we see all these other people doing things for God. And so we get kind of discouraged sometimes and we say, God, what is our part? But I want to touch on that today. Um, you know, as we remember, but if we remember Eric and Jim on the other side of the world, I don't know where they are. I mean, what time it is over there, where they're at. But it's a good thing, and it's comforting to know that God doesn't work on our time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it's comforting to know that He never sleeps and He never slumbers. Because He moves in the dimensions where time doesn't matter. And one day we will, too. But before we start, is there a little ring? Or is that just... start on what our what my part is, I like to talk about how we're made before we get to that point. And uh, our first clip is in Jeremiah 18. It, we, we resemble it to our, our life, refer it to our life. 
you know, God dealing with us and shaping us in to what He wants us to be. And we, we think we've really been through it, you know, when He's pushed us in places we didn't want to be. <coughs> when He's forced us into a shape or maybe that we're not accustomed to coming out of our... And so when He's through shaping us, we say, man, we're glad of that. We're glad of that. But He's not so just like the greenware can't be used as greenware so we can. It's not until it goes through the farm. Right? It's not until it puts us in that kill. And in the kill, if I remember right, in the um, ceramic class, was a, uh, it's full of fire brick. You take the lid off of it and they put you down in there. Okay. Then they put the lid on it and you're in a car. And you say, oh Lord, I can't get any worse than this until they start turning the heat. But when you come out of that thing, when you come out of that kill, you've been tested. And you've been tempered. And God can use you. Turn with me to Romans now. This is at the wedding of uh, the king. And this is 
where Jesus performed the first miracle. First of all, you guys are familiar with the scripture, so I won't read the whole thing, but in verse uh, 6, it says, Nearby stood six strong water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. That means that we're not all the same height. And neither are we. Because God gives us and He pours into us according to our ability, according to the faith that He put in us. <clears throat> and as He pours into us, what He pours into us, He expects us to pour out. Because <clears throat> um, now, this, that's a, this, is, this is pretty important. <coughs> you know, we might think that our calling here on earth, and I'm going to talk more on this later, about all things insignificant you know, to the kingdom. But Jesus here took something that was common, something that wasn't made of gold. Wasn't made to to uh, drink the wine or or bake the bread, and uh, uh, it was only used to wash dirty hands. That's what it says in ceremonial washing. But it was used by God, and Jesus took something that was for common use, and He used it for His glory. Amen. The first miracle. Now, I want to pick up this guitar here. Don't get mad at me, Matt. I'm not going to uh, put a dot on it like I did on the wall. <laughs> okay? Now, <clears throat> the Bible talks about us, refers to, to his, his people as vessels or instruments of God. And as an instrument of God, to guitar is, so will we. And God can use us if we <laughs> Now, suppose I'm this instrument, and I've been under pressure a lot lately. You know, I've got my landlord calling me, telling me, telling me he's got sales for my house. <laughs> I've got, uh, so I'm out looking for, frantically looking for a, a home, and um, I can't find anything to purchase. Okay, so I'm getting upset about that. So I let these tensions come between me and God. I start frantically searching, and I, I begin not to, uh, to, I begin to lack in my prayer life. <laughs> and I start, I began to get a little out of tune, and I'm all worried about this. And I, but because of that, I got tension in my life, and I get mad at my wife. <laughs> okay. Well, how about another scenario? And it, it could be any one of us here. Somebody in the church offends us. Okay? They said something about us. Maybe they did, maybe we just thought we heard it, but they did. Okay? 
but we we take offenses with them. Offense. Does it too? Both of our lives. And then we let that bitterness get in. And it comes between you and God.
we belong to each other. Right? What does that mean? That means if I've got an itch in the center of my back, a member of my body got half the scratch. Right? And so if we've got a, a sickness, a illness, or, or even in the ministry, each of us have a part in the ministry. Right? Let's read on. Verse 6. We have different giftings according to the grace given us. And that's measured out. Just like in the, in the parable of the talents. He gave out the talents according to their ability. According to the faith that's within them. Now, before I move on, I'll talk about that. Is that God gives you a measure of faith. And that measure of faith is not going to be all the faith you'll ever get. And, and you can't use that as an excuse. That's all the faith God has. You can't use that as an excuse. The measure of faith that He's put in you is for you to build upon. To build upon. <laughs> and <clears throat> the more you act upon that faith, the more the faith you build. I, I heard years and years ago, I'm going to to say, says that uh, the more you do what you know, the more you will know what you do. Right? Did you feel that way? Where was I? <clears throat> I didn't mean to drop that bad. <laughs> if a man's gift is prophesied, let him uh, use it uh, in proportion with his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And that's not just talking about money. That's talking about people's needs. Helping people move. You guys are good. <laughs> and, right? Yes. Right, right. So, whenever, whenever someone's in need, help them. <clears throat> and if it's the leadership, let him govern diligently, and not with honor and fear. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. <clears throat> um, you know, these are several different gifts, and they, they just deliver. You couldn't contain everything, uh, every avenue that God uses the body and to minister to one another or to minister to the community. When we first got saved, um, which was in the Catholic charismatic movement back in 74, and um, <clears throat> we spent four, four years there, and then we, we started attending a full gospel church. And when we did, we felt there was an unwritten law there that couldn't really be used by God unless you was in the fivefold ministry. Anybody knows what they are? Pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, and prophet. And we thought we had to be in that. We had to go to Bible school and we had to be taught all these things before we could be used with God. And that's not true. It tells you. <coughs> If his gift is serving, let him serve. Right? Mm -hmm. 
So then, what is your part? Have you ever thought of, of being used, felt like you were used of God, and then while you were doing what you do best, someone else comes along and messes it up? <laughs> someone, you know, from God. My now, maybe someone came along and just took your place and you stand here. That's my job. Huh? Anybody ever felt like that? What well, we have? In the uh, early 80s, around 1980, we were in a puppet team. We had a puppet ministry. Anybody ever, ever think that you could be used in a puppet group? Of course, we were kids. <laughs> but God used that thing. I mean, we ministered in pediatric uh, um, emergency wards, abused uh, children home. <clears throat> we got to, to minister, and we saw people healed of cancer. We saw people that were vaccinated. <coughs> we seen several healings. We we saw when we were in a in a foyer. And all the kids that could come out of the intensive care unit with their parents, that could come out to, to, to see the puppets get, the, them and their parents were standing all around. And it was tremendous. We, we saw parents weeping under the conviction of what God was doing. It, it was just tremendous. We had, everybody had their part. It had gotten almost a well-oiled machine. Man, everybody had their part. And there was one one lady we, we've been friends with her now for thirty some odd years. She had tremendous gift of writing the skits for people. Tremendous and ministered to people. Well, <clears throat> later after we started this thing, uh, a man and his wife joined the puppet team, and so we all worked together. Everybody had his part, like little worker bees. Hence, we were building this thing. And uh, she came, she comes up and says, God spoke to me. Woo. She said, yes, God says that without a head, you know, we've got two tails, she said. And God told me that I'm going to be the leader of this puppet team. Wow. <laughs> well, well, well he, he didn't tell the rest of us. <laughs> said, no, 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 it's gonna be okay. Well, she came in and she and from that point, things the the ministry had quit moving quite like it was. Uh, God wasn't as free evidently as he was. The spirit of God wasn't free as was because he was under this direction of human. <clears throat> but the end result was my wife and I, the lady that wrote the script, we dropped out. But now, if I look back on it, we were looking at our own feelings. We were looking at what the person was doing instead of taking into consideration of what God had been doing and sticking through 
to turn the thing around and back into use by God. Now, not the devil come in to upset your world. Right? Um, but we have to push through to be used by God. <coughs> you know, has you, have you ever thought that what you do for God is not important? Because he doesn't think it's important. It's a true story, too. When we were there, when we first started going to this full God because there was a couple, a couple <laughs> that sat on the front row. They were kind of strange. <laughs> This we thought at the time, man, we come out of Catholic Church. What do we know? <clears throat> I think I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't act like these folks, did I mean, they play tambourines and dance on the front row. But what they did, every newcomer that came in that church, and there were 1,200 people, so okay. every, every newcomer, they took the law. And went to their home. And we, not knowing anything about the Bible, we had all these questions and they answered all of our questions. And they helped mentor us. I've been to basically the start we have today. <coughs> but the wife got to a point where she didn't feel like she was doing enough. She'd see all these flamboyant ministries and stuff going on. And, um, she thought she had to do more because it was insignificant, what she thought. And she got in rebellion against her husband. <clears throat> she got too close to some, um, what they call themselves, marijuana, Eastern worship. And she started Believing some of their she would come to the point where she said, they say it, they just don't know. She ended up falling away from God. And even <coughs> because she let something come into her life that wasn't of God. She let something alive. She didn't realize that God can use you where you are. She didn't realize how important their ministry was. And it was very important to us. Because without that guidance, we'd been like a goose in a hailstorm. That's what's up. You heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But God wants us to be faithful. In the small things and the larger things to be added in us. We've got to have an example here in Acts, Acts 6.
That's when they're choosing of the seven. Now, well, let's read. So the twelve gathered all the uh, all the disciples together and said, "It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables." Brothers, choose seven men from among who uh, are known to be faithful. Uh, faithful of the Spirit and, and wisdom. We will turn the responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry. <coughs> this proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man full of the faith and of the Holy Spirit, also <coughs> Philip, uh, Procheres, Nicanor, Nicanor, Timon, and Phineas, and Nicholas from Antioch, and he wasn't even a Jew. But now listen to this: How would you like to get a job, any job, merely because the people people thought they were too good? To do it. Right? How would you like? Okay, look, hey, I need you to come up there and wait on these tables. How insignificant is that? Well, these guys didn't think so. They didn't think so because that part, and to the widows they were ministering to, they didn't think it was insignificant at all. Because every member of the body has a part. And it's not insignificant, even if you say so, even if you think so. <clears throat> now, let's think about those insignificant boys that they picked up here, Stephen and Philip. And this this amplifies what, what I said earlier about God gives you a measure of faith, and He wants you to build on that. And He He uh. He wants you to be faithful in the small things and the larger things to be added to you. Just like Philip. I mean, Stephen right here. In chapter 7, uh, uh, about Stephen. Now, I don't know how many sermons Stephen actually preached. Or as I know, it was only one. But yet, Stephen was responsible indirectly. For the gospel being spread around the world, or the known world at that time. Because when Stephen was stoned, the, the church split and scattered and ran for fear. It was like trying to put out a fire with a broom. You beat it here, and you start it over here. It's exactly what they did. And because of the death of Stephen, because he waited on tables and he built he built on that faith, and he was used by God. The gospel went around the world. Amen? Amen. How about that other waiter? It's going to make us tip our waiters a whole lot more when we do it right from here. Let's look in uh, Acts 8.
from work. kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized and followed Philip everywhere, uh, astonished by the great signs and miracles. So no matter how insignificant we think our job is right now, there's a greater place that God wants to use you. And you set into motion everybody you touch. <coughs> they're caught in their lives as well. I've got one more scripture that we're going to close with. And it is in Luke 8.
But as I got up here before uh, we did worship and also after worship, I just felt that thing strong, strongly in me that unity is what is God has called us to. And unity and prayer, unity is word of one heart and one mind. <coughs> then and only then that we can be a true instrument that God can play. We can be into with Him and into with each other. So if you guys could stand to your feet. Everybody's got dinner on their mind. But here's what I want to do. I don't want to just talk about prayer. I actually want to do prayer. So if you have something that you would like for us to pray about, it could be something that you, yourself, or somebody that you love, that you want us to pray for and intercede. James says, if you have any sick among you, bring them to the elders. Have them lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Y'all know the word save also means heal, <laughs> made whole. So what I'm asking you for is if you have any condition in your life or somebody you want to intercede for that is deficient, that needs to be made whole, made restored, made healed, I want you to stand in their place or swallow your pride come forward, making it publicly known, uh, at least by needing prayer. What that is. And the elders of our church, Steve and Charlie, will be right here. So we're going to pray for you. And guys, if there's anybody uh, or not someone immediately that comes to your mind that we're going to pray for, just begin to lift up the people around you. But the ones of you that come down forward for a specific purpose, for a specific person. Y'all got it?